the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. My name is Renal Silverstone and I'm your host for today. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. And thank you so much for tuning in to 101.9 Hi FM and listening to the Hi Kids show. Today on the Hi Kids show, I'll be speaking to Hel- M- Melissa Hoffman. She is a senior wildlife officer at the airport and she runs the bird, bird and wildlife program. So listen kids, don't go away. We have a very interesting show for you today. Get ready for a very interesting show here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to Chai Kids on 101.9 Chai FM. This is Chai Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renal Silverstone and I'm your host for today. I have Melissa Hoffman in studio with me. So send your questions to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Melissa. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Today, and how are you? I'm great, thanks for asking. How's your day been going? Oh, it's been an early start and great to be here and discuss things with you. Yeah. We're very thankful that you're on our show. So can you explain what a wildlife officer is? Okay, so I am employed at our Tambo International Airport as a wildlife control officer, senior one. So a wildlife officer is employed at the airport to basically reduce the bird strike risks or the wildlife strikes risks with aircraft because, you know, we operate in an environment where there's lots of birds and wildlife. So we do our best to make sure that everybody lives in harmony. Where is our Tambo? Tambo International, such a long name. Oh, mm-hmm. Tambo International Airport. They are based in Kempton Park, Ekurileni. Hmm. Why is it called that? So it was named after um, a an activist um, against anti um, uh, anti apartheid activist, and his name was Oliver Reginald Tambo. So he was also part of the ANC. So being an icon in that, the airport was suited to be named after such an icon. Wow. What is like those weird things? I think they call like propellers. Okay, so the propeller is a type of a, an engine that drives an aircraft. So it kind of makes the aircraft move. So like there's the propellers that you have on aircraft that are kind of open. And then there's the closed engines that have fan blades in them that propel the aircraft. So without a propeller, you're not going to be going anywhere. Oh, well. <laughs> so what happens if a bird gets stuck in the propeller? Okay, so if a bird gets stuck into a pr- pr- propeller, like the open propellers, it normally just gets cut up because that's how heavy, how strong these propellers are. But if it gets ingested, like gets sucked into an aircraft engine, then a lot of the time it gets minced up. And aircraft engines are designed that they are able to actually, you know, facilitate or accommodate any birds actually going into the engines. Well, so... How will you know if the bird is stuck in it? Okay, so what happens is it's normally the pilot or that will understand that a bird strike has happened. So if he's on takeoff and all of a sudden he sees a bird flying in front of him and all of a sudden there's a thud or, you know, a lot of the time it doesn't only just go into the engine, it gets hit onto the the fuselage, which is the body of the aircraft, and then they can notice from that. Or suddenly the aircraft is making vibrations and there's even been um, talks about the smell of cooked chicken in the cockpit when a bird goes through. Oh, my through. gosh. That's so cool and weird at the same time. Okay. 
Can you train dogs to chase away birds? So my one of my colleagues, it's himself, is a border collie, Scott. I've worked with him for 10 years Ooh. at the airport. And he is the best thing to use to to reduce bird strikes. You know, there's a lot of birds that are grounded birds that he can chase, like hardy dogs and herons that he can focus on. And he acts as like a predator. So the birds perceive him as, oh, this, this dog is going to hurt us. So we're going to move into safer areas. So Scott and I, we patrol in the early mornings. And if there's a bird, I give him a whistle command. He jumps off the all-terrain vehicle. It's like a, um, a quad bike that we use. He sits on the seat next to me. And he goes and he does his job. And then he chases the birds hmm. away. Wow. What happens like if a bird gets stuck while you're flying? So if a bird, so normally um, the major bird strikes occur when the aircraft is taking off because then they're kind of at the same level as a bird would be. And the problem is a bird and an aircraft, they fly in the same direction. So they fly into the wind to get lift. So the poor bird that's flying along may not notice that there's this thundering aircraft behind him. And if it does get, it goes through the engine, the, ca- the engines are capable to handle it. And an aircraft can fly in one engine. So if a bird strike happens, then the aircraft either decides to return or, you know, engine blades get replaced, anything like that. Well, <laughs> shocking. So how do you train a dog to chase away birds? Okay, so we've got our Springer Spaniels and we've got our Border Collies at the airport. So the Springer Spaniels are natural um, bird dogs. They are normally used for gun dogs to retrieve birds and that. Oh, cool. So they have, their instinct is to go and flush the birds out. So if we've got dense area, like lots of grass, they'll go in and they'll try and flush all the birds out. And then our Border Collies, they ha- instead of herding, they've been trained to actually chase. So they don't herd, they chase the birds away. Interesting. <laughs> so why is it so... Like, what is so dangerous about a bird getting stuck in, like, an engine? So it's, it's you know, it's sad for the bird because we, we need to live in an area where we accommodate all wildlife and that, and we just got to reduce the risks. So if a bird gets stuck into an engine, sometimes there can be engine damage. It depends on the size of the bird. If you're looking at a goose um, that goes through the engine and bends some blades, you're going to have to replace that whole engine, which can be, like, 11 million rand to replace. Yeah. So... It's it's a cost factor. It's a cost factor. But generally, you know, a lot of the birds that get struck, well, it might be small birds that hit the aircraft. We make the reports of it and we know that, you know, bird strikes happen. Hmm. Can you tell us one of the most dangerous bird strikes that you've had? So luckily, we haven't had very many dangerous bird strikes. So there's been bird strikes that have resulted in aircraft returning to various airports just for safety. They can fly in one engine. But then I would have to mention the Hudson River incident where um, geese were actually ingested into both engines of that aircraft. And it was... Um, it was on takeoff, and because the engine needs to fly, both both engines seized, and it landed in the Hudson River. So the aircraft, the pilot couldn't make it back to the airport, and he decided, Aye. well, the softer landing would be obviously a water body, and they landed in the Hudson River, and everyone survived. So thank God, exactly. <laughs> So are dogs the only animals who can trace away birds? So a lot of airports, like military bases and that, where there's not so much air traffic movement, will can use falcons. So falcons that will go and prey upon other bird species, like smaller lapwings or that type of bird. So in this, the aircro- in airports where there's less air traffic movements, like military bases and that, falconry is, an, is one of the options for it. Hmm. Wow. Why do bird strikes, like, happen? So bird strikes and, uh, you know, happen because 
birds and aircraft are both flying. They both have the same territory. So, and we, you know, we have an airport and we have aircraft departing and birds also like to use that area for feeding and for breeding and everything. So we try and make the aircraft, airport unattractive so that they can, um, really, you know, move off. Hmm. Well, oh, th- well, we have a question. It doesn't say from here who, unfortunately, but it says, how often do bird strikes happen at OR Tambo? Okay, so if you look at bird strikes, we record every single bird strike that happens. So whether it be a little swallow that was just flying around feeding that gets struck and that. So bird strikes, it depends on the season. So it depends on, is it summer when there's lots of swallows? Is it, you know, winter time when there's less bird activity? So on average, you know, the damaging bird strikes, I think I, I only had at our Tambo one incident about a year ago where um, the nose cone of the aircraft was damaged. But other than that, it's the small bird strikes we record. So we just, to get statistics and uh, and to understand what birds are a problem and how we can, you know, reduce the risk, all bird strikes get recorded. So you're averaging maybe about seven seven to ten bird strikes, but that's seasonal depending. Well, how often do birds come in a year? Like really, like all. Birds, okay. You know? So, so if you look at summer, you've got all your swallows that are migratory species that come and inhabit the aircraft, uh, the airport territory. And then in winter, we've got the gulls that come up and we've, we put tracking collars on gulls. And you think that gulls should be at the sea? We've now realized that gulls migrate. So in winter, they come to Joburg, which is so silly. Because, I mean, who wants to be in Joburg in the cold winter when they could be at the coast? And then in summer, they go down to the coast for breeding. So we've got these three tracking collars, and these gulls are being monitored. And one gull has gone to Mozambique, goes to Mozambique. In summer, comes back in winter. One goes to Richards Bay, come back, comes back for summer. Another one went to St. Lucia, and we're still waiting its arrival. So yeah, <laughs> the birds, they migrate. So every season brings different birds. Oh, that's kind of cool, though. It is. Like to see a different birds. Different Sometimes types. could be even exotic birds. Exactly. So how do planes avoid um, bird strikes? Okay, so it's it's about the airports having a program in place and, you know, reducing the risk. So having my working dog and myself go out there every morning, I go and patrol, go scare the birds away so that there's no birds that are a threat. Also making sure that around the airport, so the areas around the airport don't attract birds. So the birds aren't coming to landfill sites or anything like that that they want to feed at. So it's all about you reducing the, the attractiveness of their surrounding. Hmm. Don't you get scared to, like, take out the birds? So generally, if there's a serious bird strike, the first person that has hands on that aircraft are the um, technical technicians in that. So they would then um, remove the bird strike remains. But what we've also got going is a DNA project. So Ooh, if there's oh. a there's some blood remains and we don't know what bird caused this bird strike, we can take the DNA samples to the biobank and we can then maybe identify what species was involved. So any birds that get struck um, on our airfield, they go... Um, Back to research. So sometimes we've had students that have done stomach content analysis on the birds, or they, they look at what, you know, DNA the species has, and we create a, a record for DNA. Oh. How do you take the DNA? Okay, so it's blood, blood samples, tissue samples, anything. Anything can give you a DNA coding, which can then eliminate specific species and point to one specific wow. species. Have you ever found, like, species from a long time ago? 
Well, not really long time ago. The, the most interesting bird that we had was a yellow-bull kite that was from Nairobi Airport. Whoa, and the aircraft landed cool. at Joburg, and they noticed the yellow-bull kite. And we don't really get many yellow-bull kites at Oratambo. And we thought, oh, where did this bird strike? And we realized Nairobi. So we got a bird traveling from Nairobi to Joburg, and it was in the landing gear of the aircraft. So it was quite still intact and everything. Hmm. Wow. So let's take a quick song break and we'll learn more about birds after that. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renelle Silverstone and I'm 11 years old. What do you have to study to become a wildlife officer? So what I studied was nature conservation, and I didn't ever think I would be a wildlife officer at the airport. So when I was doing my experiential training and studies, this job came up about chasing birds off a runway, and I was quite amazed by it. And I went for the interview, and I got it to my horror. And then I realized it involved a working dog, and I've been there for the last 17 years. Wow. What motivates you? So the motivates me is, are the animals, you know, and I love air traffic movements and the airport environment. And to have that combined with the birds and the wildlife that I enjoy and a working dog that I enjoy, I think it just it just makes it a great package. Wow. Good job on knowing what your goal is. <laughs> so what goals have you set for yourself like this year? So for this year, I want to travel. Seeing these aircraft depart and land, I always think, no, I need to see the world. So, yeah, it would be nice to to do a bit of traveling and show my son the world and get his feel for the aircraft and everything like that. Hmm. Wow. What have you or will you do to become a better wildlife officer? So I think remained passionate about the animals, about the job that I do, about saving them, and enjoying, you know, the, the, the job can be, it's what you make of it. So I go out there and I really enjoy every moment that I have of it. Wow. Thank God people are like you are in this world. Thank you. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years time? I still see myself as a senior wildlife officer <laughs> at OR Tambo International Airport, probably until the day that I retire. Oh, wow. Mm. So tell us a time when you disagreed with your boss, but you were right in the end. What did happen? Well, you know, I've got great, I've got great management, I have to say. They actually rely on me for information. Oh, wow. Not really being, you know, from an environmental, can you say, animal welfare perspective. So they rely on me for, you know, what's going to make this program work. So I think if there's been any other disagreements, it's about lack of information. And I think it's about talking and sharing information. You can always come to some resolution. Yeah, for sure. So... What are your best achievements so far in the past few years? So my best achievements would be creating the program that I do at Oratambo. Um, I was the only wildlife officer for a while that was employed there. And now I've got staff and we've got working dogs. And the, the airlines and the pilots, they complement us. So mm, wow. I think that's a great achievement. That is a good achievement. <laughs> so... Can you tell us like one of your biggest weaknesses and what it affects you in your job? So my biggest weakness, I think, is getting up in the morning. <laughs> my alarm clock goes at four o'clock. So oh my I have to get up and I have to, that's that getting out of bed. 
Right. But it's okay. Once I get there, once I get one foot out, I'm on my way. Because, you know, birds are active at first light. That's the peak period. And I tend to do that shift where I cover, you know, first daylight. So hmm. I think that's my biggest challenge is, is getting out of bed. But once I'm getting out, it's okay. At least. At least. <laughs> so what is your greatest strength and how does that help you with being a wildlife officer? So I think my greatest strength is liking animals, enjoying my working dog, um, being able to be out there and not be bombed down because you're doing a repetitive thing. Because it, it isn't. I mean, there's different birds and different seasons. Yeah. and So it's, it's about the passion that I have for animals and wanting to save them. Wow, that is really amazing, like seriously. So what size birds can get stuck in a like an engine or a propeller even? So any bird can go through an engine from a small bird such as a swallow to a spurring goose, which is a large bird and that. So any size of bird is can be struck by an aircraft. So what device can you keep? Like, do you have to keep away the birds? So if my dog, say, for instance, I'm doing a patrol and there's birds that are perched on the runway and I know that, you know, the aircraft has got a takeoff clearance and it's not going to be possible for them to stop, we've got these bird bangers. So they're like pyrotechnics. So they're like crackers. And cool. they, they make a huge sound and you get ones that are like a whistling sound and ones that are just a loud bang. And that just completely terrorizes the birds and once you can get them airborne they can move out of the way of the aircraft so that is one of the tools i carry with every day oh (laughs) so what happens if a bird flocks a bird flock comes so if there's a flock generally the swallows um so if they're in the vicinity like near the aircraft and that they know they're not stupid they can hear that the aircraft is start is like basically revving up can you say and they do, they do get out of the way. And I've had birds that are crossing that all of a sudden, um, say that they're crossing the runway and they're not flying into the wind like the aircraft. They yeah. see the aircraft and they move. So, and some of the birds, they they fly over every morning, every evening in the same paths. And I think they actually understand. Like Hardy does, like they'll yeah. see my dogs coming. And, um, you know, eventually they know that they're going get, to get chased, especially the guinea fowl. They like, they can hear the ATV coming, they move off to safe areas. Oh, and once wow. they know that they're safe, Smart. <laughs> they, yeah, they, once they know they're safe, then they can remain in the safer areas. Hmm. So it's all about training all the young birds. Yeah, for sure. So can a helicopter flip over from a bird-like attack or something? No. I mean, they really built It's like a rotor. So the chances of a bird um, really damaging that rotor of that aircraft, it would be have to be bigger than that, that <laughs> helicopter. So, um, so flipping over, no. But like damage to the – I've seen damage, pictures of damage to the windows and that, you know. Yeah. It ended up basically in the cockpit with the pilot. The bird and that. So, but other than that, they're quite stable. Hmm, wow. Why did you choose this specific job? So, as I mentioned, I didn't choose it. It chose me. I wasn't. <laughs> my aim was to be in the conservation field, in a game reserve, doing environmental assessments, that type of thing. But as I said, yeah, I was doing my training and fulfilling the needs of the requirements of my diploma, and I just never left. Hmm, wow. How can people get hold of you, like if something happens? So, so the best would be um, through through my my emails and that, which um, you can contact me on melissa.hoffman at airports.co.za. 
This has been Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renal Silverstone and I'm 11 years old. Thank you so much to my guest Melissa Hoffman for coming on Hi Kids and thank you to my producer Mandy and Craig for pushing the big red buttons. Join us on Monday for another Hi Kids show only on 11.9. Hi Goodbye and have a super duper Shabbos and Shabbat Shalom kids.